Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with Ben Wilson and Mike Pritchard on VSEN. Hey, everybody, and welcome in. It's another edition of the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM, your Tuesday crew all season throughout the NFL campaign from downtown Las Vegas and our Circus Sportsbook Studios with Mike Pritchard. He's the former NFL wide receiver. I'm Ben Wilson. We made it through Wild Card Weekend. Pritch, yes. how'd the betting go for you? Betting was not bad. Not Um, bad. bad. You know, one of the things I discovered, um, and I don't know if it was by accident or uh, if this is what people normally do, but like, say you have a teaser, right? Um, And you get one leg home uh, and you're waiting on the other leg, monetizing that situation, right? A little middle potential. Yeah, or middle potential, right? I mean, so there's nothing wrong with that. And that helped me because uh, there was some numbers out there yesterday with the Cowboys uh minus two and a half that was juiced up but there was threes that were even so if you took the three and it was even you didn't pay the juice then i actually made more money on that situation because i made more money than i put on the teaser so tampa up to eight and a half and then dallas at three that's how you played it well no tampa was up at eight and a half but i had the bengals um so right you already so i had yeah i had one leg in uh, waiting on the uh, the Buccaneers, hopefully, to keep that thing within two scores. But I took the minus three on the Cowboys even. Um, so that helped out. I lost the Chargers. I mean, the Chargers, mm-hmm. I figured that was, I guess that's a bad beat. That's <laughs> one of the all-time bad beats if you yes. had the Chargers over the weekend. Minus one. So, Mike Richard, you would have been cooking with gas had the Cowboys won the game by seven yep. or six or something like that. That's not how it went, though. No, no, this not at all. This thing was an utter destruction. And we can put to bed the notion that a fraudulent Tom Brady-led Tampa Bay team had any chance of making a deep postseason run as they lose by 17, 31-14. Cowboys cover all numbers. Those teaser legs, unfortunately for Pritch, get busted. Under somehow cashes in a game that had seven touchdowns. Go figure that when an under was 45 and a half. Seven touchdowns were scored, and yet (laughs) the over does not get there. How do you analyze Dallas's performance in a game that many people assumed would not be a good matchup for them at least. Yeah, no, I mean, as you're watching a game, it's like the Cowboys' offense was a step ahead of the Buccaneers' defense. Like, the Buccaneers were reacting to everything the Cowboys were doing. That that was uh, an illustration of how you dictate a game offensively. And what, In other words, you could do whatever you want. It didn't matter what they were doing. I mean, I know the broadcast here were talking about how well Dak was playing, but and he was, he did. I mean, he got the Cowboys into some great situations at the line of scrimmage too, but they were just a step ahead of that defense for Tampa. I'm like, uh, you know, how do they not realize that Dallas wants to attack the middle of the field? And it doesn't matter which player. Mm-hmm. Their their entire philosophy was to attack the middle of the field, and uh, for whatever reason, Bowles wasn't taken out of way. I mean, he would void the line uh, the linebackers out of the middle of the field. He would spread them out and. Um, you know, any type of adjustments that they did make, Cowboys were ahead of that too. Uh, it was, it was man-to-man coverage or zoning it up or, you know, cover three and stuff like that. And it's just the Cowboys were clicking. Um, and that, that is a testament to, I think some of the changes that they've made attention to detail with the running game. 
uh, having Pollard be the featured guy. They're more explosive offensively too that way. And, and then, you know, just having Dakota uh, be that guy at the line of scrimmage. And that was helpful because it wasn't controlled from the sideline. Uh, Dak had all the control in the world of that game. Uh, and it showed. I mean, the Cowboys were clicking uh, mm-hmm. in that matchup. Because if you were a believer in the season-long numbers for Dallas, Dak Prescott as a quarterback was a top-10 guy on the basis of the season. By any advanced metric stat you want to look at, sometimes, Pritch, we get sort of taken off the sense by a couple of games at the end of the season when total implications aren't necessarily on the line. Dallas had very little to play for Week 18. It was a very small percentage for them to move off of the five-seed line. What happened in those games? Dak Prescott looked horrific. The Cowboys' offense was terrible in the final couple games of the season. And everybody kind of said, okay, Dallas team, you can't trust him whatsoever. Yet yeah. in, in the games that have mattered down the stretch, there are really two games, the final half of the season, where Dallas was in a position at full strength, where it had something to prove against a so-called elite team. The first game happened against Minnesota a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Dallas had won the game by halftime. And then last night... Uh, where, where the Cowboys did anything they wanted to. And Prescott finishes 25 of 33, 305 passing yards, four touchdowns, and adds a rushing touchdown at over six yards of play in that game. It, it just leads me to believe this has always been an elite unit, Dallas. It's just a very enigmatic up-and-down unit where you don't know what you're getting each week. Mm-hmm. How but do you trust that? In a, I mean, well, that's, that's the thing. thing. In, a game where yeah. the, in a game where their backs were against the wall and mm-hmm. nobody really believed in what Dallas could do, it was the perfect spot for them. It applied this week. I don't know how much you can say it applies going forward, though. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, how do you trust them? Like, so trusting them in a desperate spot, probably, right? Kind of exactly. like, uh, I guess, Minnesota earlier in the year. Um, or, Coming off of a bad loss. Sure, sure. So something like that, you know, it, from a betting standpoint, from a betting standpoint, how do you trust the Cowboys? Because they are, they do have that up and down nature uh, about them, that inconsistency. You know, the tea leaves are there, too, I think, uh, whether whoever you follow, uh, the week of preparation, um, I was on a pro football blitz uh, with Brady Cannon, and I was clowning McCarthy for putting together a um, teaching reel of all of his interceptions. And I said, that better work, because how are you going to put that image in somebody's head, right? How are you going to put that image of failure in somebody's head right before biggest game of the year? But, you know, if it did work and if it did unlock some things because Dak did look different, like, even watching that game, I'm like, when is he going to throw the pick? When is he going to throw the pick? But he was in tune, and, and that was a great, a great uh, game plan for them against a step ahead. But then also the tea leaves from a betting standpoint, the great week of practice, the preparation, and then, you know, comments like that. You know, it's, it's how do you use that information? You know, you can make a decision, and for me, I think that's something that you do in the offseason. But if McCarthy knows how to trigger Dak, then that was a good coaching tactic right. to do something yeah, like that. As better as it ultimately comes down to trust. Yeah, a lot right. of people do not trust Mike McCarthy as a coach, and for good reason. There have been a lot of pieces of evidence <laughs> and games of mismanagement to point to that over right. the years. Right. I can say that as a Packer fan, uh, having watched him coach <laughs> my hometown team for, for many a season. Uh, but at the same time, as, as much as people wanted to combine the lack of trust for McCarthy as a mm-hmm. coach with a Hall of Fame quarterback in Tom Brady on the other side being a home underdog, this is not the Tom Brady of oh. years past in New England or even a couple seasons ago in Tampa Bay. Tom Brady and Tampa Bay were arguably the second biggest frauds in the NFL the entire season to only Minnesota. Both of those teams now eliminated from the postseason. Tampa Bay did not deserve to be in the playoffs whatsoever. <laughs> and yet betters talked themselves into Tampa Bay as a legitimate threat to not only win the game last night against Dallas, but to make a full postseason run. When you have an aging quarterback who is about middle of the pack, on an EPA per play, completion percentage over expectation basis in the league with a banged up offensive line and a total offense that's bottom 10 in yards per play and bottom 12 in yards per drive, combined with a shaky defense that finished the year bottom six in pass defense the final six weeks, this should have been inevitable. And yet the market didn't trust it. Most betters didn't trust it. And a lot of people lost money because of that blind old-time bias trust in a guy that doesn't have it anymore in Tom Brady. Well, I, I mean... Um, first of all, the defense for Tampa, you know, from a, from an entire year standpoint, uh, there are some bright spots like second in the national football league and three and outs. And we saw that a little bit earlier on in the game. Um, but 
yeah, the declining, the age of that roster was evident um, with how Dallas was able to pick it apart and, like, again, be a mm-hmm. step ahead. And Bulls, they couldn't adjust to anything uh, properly. Like, first of all, when, when somebody's exploiting you in the middle of the field, I mean, a lot of it has to do with the running game, too. Uh, so you take one safety out and, and you expose yourself that way, but you're so basic, too, right? Um, I, I think Tom Brady looked like an old man. Uh, he threw the ball 66 times, uh, and he's a guy without a running game. Uh, and so I'm not making excuses for him. He looked old and, uh, yeah, definitely out of place. The reason why I had them on a teaser uh, was because I thought as they emerged with the aggression, aggressiveness offensively, mm-hmm. down the field throws and stuff like that repeatedly, that that was something that they were going to get to, right? But they elected not to do that, you know, the whole dink and dunk stuff and uh, really couldn't get into a rhythm uh, and certainly couldn't run the football. So, yeah, they were up against it. No, Tom you were Brady not was the only one it. who yeah. had Tampa in some sort of bet last night, mm-hmm. but Brady, without good personnel around him, without a trustworthy offensive line, it's a reason why he, he struggled, and he looks uh, like a guy whose time is coming to an end. You have to think he's done in Tampa Bay. Now the question is, what's next for Brady? Here's what he had to say last night, as now the speculation, Mike, can begin for the Tampa Bay offseason. I just want to say thank you guys for everything this year. I really appreciate all your effort, and I know it's hard for you guys too. It's hard for us players to make it through, and you guys got a tough job, and I appreciate all that you guys do to cover us and everyone who watches and is a big fan of the sport. We're very grateful for everyone's support, and, um, you know, hopefully, um, you know, I love this organization. It's a great place to be, and thank you, everybody, for welcoming me, all you regulars, and um, just very grateful for the respect, and I and, uh, hope I gave the same thing back to you guys. So thank you very much. Appreciate it. Like a very nice uh, goodbye farewell to Tampa Bay. Is that is how you little, interpret yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Was there a little misty there, too? Was there a little little emotion? Uh, you know, he's breaking up a little bit, I thought. But, um, yeah, it did sound like that. It sounded like um, he was thanking everybody. Um, uh, and, you know, Troy talked about, Aikman talked about, you really don't get a sense of what he's going to do. Uh, and the guy's been through a lot this year. Uh, I mean, on and off the field, right? And it's like, what? I don't know if anybody knows what this man's going to do. He has the leakers last year. We'll see if there's information that's going to be leaked out this year. But uh, that did seem like that was a goodbye to the media it out there. It felt Tampa. somewhat inevitable with all the struggles Tampa went through this season that maybe he wouldn't hang it up, but this, this was probably the end of the line <laughs> from a few weeks ago, at least for Tom Brady in Tampa. We close the book in the Tampa Bay season. What a whirlwind that was. But we're not done in the NFL playoffs. Will Hill going to join us this hour of Eason Analyst to break down divisional round action. So will Josh Applebaum of our Beeson Morning Daily Bets podcast. He'll come on in the next hour. But let's flip this forward now. Dallas, San Francisco. An opening line is out. We'll give our original reactions as we continue here on the Lombardi Line. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN with Ben Wilson and Mike Pritchard. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM is all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on this trip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. In addition to our guests coming up later today with Will Hill, Josh Applebaum stopping by. We have a lot to get to, Mike, on the show. Your playoff edition (laughs) of Right Route, Wrong Route, which we're looking forward to. The one last thing I wanted to mention on the game last night. Mm -hmm. You see uh, your your guy, Deion Sanders, primetime on the Manning cast last night. Yes, I did. Calling for Dallas to take the points on the fourth and goal at the one seconds before Dak Prescott takes it in for a touchdown yeah. on just a, uh, a beautifully executed naked bootleg. So uh, first of all, prime time. He's look. He's got to make some big decisions now as the, as, well, the, as your Colorado Buffalo head coach. So people are giving him biggest, a hard time though for that last well, night. Well, he made the biggest one of all. He went to Colorado. He's the head coach there of the University of Colorado. Look at. Look at the run that we are on right now. <laughs> the Buffs <Yeah. laughs> with the gear Mike and everything, Richards, right? That's Buffaloes. right. That's yes. right. So much momentum. So um, great job, Coach Prime. I was awesome thinking of you job. last night when I saw that. See, yeah. I wasn't even paying attention to what he was saying. I just looked at the <laughs> gear. <laughs> I'm just like, how many people are going to go get the gear now? Um, boosters are happy. Uh, boosters are very right? happy. Can, as an alum yes, of Colorado. Absolutely. Um, as a legend, very happy. Uh, the thing yeah. about... Um, you know, the aggressive nature too. you know, again, it's just another step evidence of it being another step uh, ahead of Tampa um, and moving forward because it is about matchups and mm-hmm. you wonder the Cowboys, what they can do, what can they do in a short week? It's a short week. That's how I'm looking at this game against San Francisco because of the nature of the rest versus uh, um, lack of rest uh, situation travel too. So the Cowboys are going to be in a short preparation week, and you wonder how they evolve what they started, established mm-hmm. uh, against Tampa, and now move forward against San Francisco. Opening line, San Francisco minus three and a half market-wide. One book in the market. Is it four? Behind us at Circa, which is a very good indication of where the market is likely to go with a lot of respected betters, betting into uh, the shop behind us here at Circa. It's minus three and a half, minus 105. So a little bit juice toward the Dallas side. 46 and a half year consensus opening total. A couple of books right now have gone down to 46 already. That two day rest disparity, though, Mike, from San Francisco playing last Saturday, mm-hmm. now to the late game on Sunday, Dallas short week off Monday night. Given that this is in the playoffs and you normally don't see this, but we're in now just the second season of the new super wildcard format. How much of an impact do you see that having? Well, I, I mean, the Cowboys, they didn't look, um, they took some bumps and bruises, it feels like. You know, um, Michael Parsons, notably with the shin, mm-hmm. you, you kind of worry about how that's going to feel today uh, and how quickly they can get that to a situation where he feels better uh, for the game, uh, which will happen. I mean, uh, they'll be nursing that around the clock, and, you know, and other bumps and bruises, but nothing significant. Uh, I think uh, just going over and scanning over the thoughts of the game, uh, but the rest is real. The travel is real, though. Like you, you, you just get back and uh, you just get that good night of sleep, and, and okay, now you're back at it, and then you're gonna have to travel early again to get out to uh, the Bay Area a little bit. So it's disruptive, but 
you know, from a preparation on the field standpoint, it's mostly walkthroughs now, and you're gonna you're gonna rehearse and, and rep some things uh, just to stay sharp. Uh, but from a game planning standpoint, you know that's mm-hmm. where I think the time crunch could could hamstring uh, the Cowboys a little bit. As much as it's tempting to want to say Dallas just obliterated Tampa Bay in that primetime Monday night slot, quarterback Dak Prescott looked so so good, five mm-hmm. total touchdowns. I love San Francisco this week. San Francisco is the most complete team in the yeah. playoffs right now, Mike. They will destroy Dallas. Going to say that right now. All right, be careful with the adjectives here. That that number, <laughs> if it gets down to three, yeah. will be a unload the clip on a San Francisco. <laughs> You're going full. <laughs> Load it. San Francisco <laughs> is so good in now multiple areas on offense with uh-huh. the quarterback in Brock Purdy. Not many people could trust him coming in, but <laughs> in the six weeks he's taken over as a starter, Mike, San Francisco's third on rush offensive efficiency, right? third in pass offense efficiency. Purdy's a top 10 quarterback by the advanced numbers since he took over as a starter. Completion percentage over expectation, EPA per play. You get a Dallas pass defense that was not at all exposed last night, mm-hmm. but that over the final six weeks of the season really fell off, was a bottom 10 unit. Yet Tom Brady's awful Tampa Bay team could not take advantage of that whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. This is a perfect situation for San Francisco. And they're, they are the most complete team with not only that offense, but also an elite top two defense. Yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> I love adjectives and verbs here for, for this description of, of this game matchup. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm glad that unload, you found that amusing. Unload the clip. <laughs> um, you know... You wouldn't go that far. I would. Well, because it's the playoffs, <laughs> right? Right, and yes. and I think we're talking about the the supposedly the best teams in the league, and okay, who's hot, who's not, that kind of thing. I Man, you're right. I mean, uh, the 49ers, they do have the most complete roster, um, and it's we see the evidence all over the place. They're on their third string quarterback, but it doesn't matter. Um, they're healthy, you know. Uh, the Cowboys and a matchup up front with a, a, a unit that's not entirely healthy. Uh, as I just remembered that Peters went down, but Peters was, is, how old is Peters? 41. He's 41. I'll double check that. Jason it, yeah, Peters, who, yeah. was the, who tapped out as the he starting out. left tackle last yep. night for Dallas. So they had to adjust that way. And, and you know, you wonder if he's going to make it back in a short week situation. Mm-hmm. You know, he's maybe a Hall of Famer. I, I, I would assume that he probably will be at some point. But he's still the age factor, right? I mean, you're mm-hmm. talking about Bosa, the player, defensive player of the year. And you're talking about Eric Armstead. I mean, you're talking about a, a, premium, a prominent uh front for the 49ers yeah it gets difficult going through and breaking up some potential matchups and advantages the 49ers will have yeah. uh, and then from a lack of preparation or crunch time putting together something that could work uh, against the 49ers uh, that's where it gets compromising too so uh, it's three and a half now some books he said are at four Caesars right now is at four okay so pretty much were, painted three and a half. we were talking about this do you because you don't like to lay the hook, but yet, is this line going to climb, though? Right? That's the thing. I expect the number to go up. Okay. I would make the number six. Mm. Surprised it did not open higher. I, I, yeah, I, I loaded expect, the clip. That number is going to six. I right expect <laughs> the number to continue to climb. But the, the whole reason why I like Dallas this, this past week and last night, Tampa Bay offensively was so one-dimensional. Yeah. So it was easy for Dallas to right. cover some of those defensive warts. You saw how they rushed the passer. They took advantage of a, a weak offensive line for Tampa Bay with a couple of backups in there. Ryan Jensen was activated the center for Tampa, but mm-hmm. hadn't played all season. It was injured the first day of training camp. You can't take advantage of San Francisco that way because there are no holes in the offense. So where is that success going to come from if you're now having to, on a short week, go back across the country and take on an offense that has zero holes and, and can pretty much do what they want? Yeah from a matchup perspective. Well, that's what I meant, mentioned earlier about preparation time because, you know, against a one-dimensional offense, let's, let's come up with some schemes or come up with some instances in which we can apply some pressure, whether it's Parsons off the edge or we move him around and put him in the middle of the field. Other, they're already one-dimensional. Let's not worry about the running game. Let's make sure we, we are uh, sound in stopping the running game, but we got to get after Tom Brady, get after the passer. Mm-hmm. But you're right. I mean, this is a different animal now. How do you defend... Uh, a balanced attack and how do you defend a potent rushing game how do you defend uh, the play action how do you defend and how do you match up uh, against Kittle Debo Christian uh, Ayuk <laughs> I mean it goes on and on and on right so uh, that's where the lack of time uh, makes it 
difficult to side with the Cowboys early. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you think the line's going to go up, then obviously you might have to lay the hook. We talked about what buying it down. I, I don't do all that stuff, but right, it's usually not a very yeah. usually having to pay a, a pretty big price to mm-hmm. buy down. Yeah, uh, especially when you're talking about key numbers like mm-hmm. in circa. If you wanted to buy down San Francisco to minus three, it would be minus one thirty-five. You're probably just better off looking at a money line price at that point, either finding a dance partner or, or just making the the straight bet. Uh, the opening money line price minus one eighty five to one ninety five, depending yeah. on the market. So, you're talking only a sixty cent difference if you're buying down a three and a half to three. Uh, Do you try to get in front of the public at all? Well, the, what's interesting about the anatomy of a line is that sometimes you will see head fakes mm-hmm. this early in the week. The limits are lower, so. Could I see some, yeah, an early nibble here on Dallas? See the line touch three in some spots, and then people come in heavier, moving the line up. I could see that. I, I doubt it'll happen. That's more wishful thinking on my part. Uh, but it all comes down to power ratings and where the market has the team's power rated. I was really surprised. As someone who's been pretty higher on the market than the market on Dallas this year, Mike, I was kind of surprised to see them get that much respect in this game against San Francisco. I would have thought it would have been in that five, five and a half, six range. Well, I, I know there's some people out there that think that Dallas could get on a run here. Um, in other words, they have a legitimate chance of upsetting San Francisco and get on a run. Are you one of those people? Um, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Uh, and do you think about, from a power ranking standpoint, you got three teams in the NFC East. I don't know if you yeah. have dove into that uh, in terms of the situation of, of how the landscape of the NFC conference uh, played out this year. That's a, it's impressive, no doubt, yeah. that a division gets three right. into the final form of, of a specific conference. The one thing that would at least concern me a tiny bit on San Francisco, did, did give up some big pass plays to Seattle last week. If Dallas, Dallas is going to have to be uber-aggressive. We'll have to look to go for the deep passes way downfield. When we return on the Lombardi line, some other news and notes from around the league, including for the Los Angeles Chargers. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN with Ben Wilson and Mike Pritchard. If you're looking for a betting edge on football's big game, the VSEN experts have got you covered. Become a VSEN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of only $9.99. VSEN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VSEN show hosts and guests. Tools like our betting splits to let you see where the money and bets are moving every game. Deep dive betting reports. VSEN betting guides for the biggest games of the season where our experts break down brackets, best bets, and all the big game props. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Visit vsun.com slash subscribe today to sign up for only $9.99 and become part of the Sports Betting Network. That is vsin.com slash subscribe. You're asking, Mike, if I had looked into the whole three divisional teams making mm-hmm. the uh, three in the same division, mm-hmm. making the divisional round. First time it's ever happened in the, in the new era since the realignment happened in 2002. Last time you were playing, 97. The old black and blue division of the <laughs> NFC Central when uh, four different teams made the playoffs. But and that was a, those were back in the five-team division mm-hmm. days. Uh, the Vikings, Packers, and Buccaneers made the divisional round in 1997. Yeah. So the more you know, Mike. Yep, absolutely. And now the uh, NFC East this year. Yeah, I mean, and, and the expansion age, too. Like, I mean, uh, I guess, is that more parity? Or just the NFC being down? Like, from a power ranking standpoint, because I, I don't typically power rank everything changes mm-hmm, right? right and um you know what your power rankings are at the beginning of the year obviously is going to be different at the end of the year uh but i i think are we aligning divisions here the whole nfc west versus the ns nfc east that kind of thing i mean that's why it gets convoluted to me in terms of power right. rankings and all that. So, especially when you now have an additional playoff team, yeah, and there's yeah. there's that seven. Very impressive though, what the mm-hmm. NFCs did, and the fact sure. that three teams who would have been in under the old playoff system, all all in the top six as far as the seating goes. Uh, so very impressive. Yeah, absolutely for the NFCs. Mm-hmm. Now, one team we showed the updated playoff bracket. Very nicely done by our, our overall uh, our graphics. Uh, engineer Michelle Delgadillo does an outstanding job every year. That's a great graphic yeah, for those is. of you watching us on uh, vsun.com and, and uh, YouTube TV. But one of those teams that is blacked out out of the playoffs, it's the LA Chargers. <laughs> They're done. And a, a lot of the immediate reaction, Mike, was that, okay, Brandon Staley's head coach, he's got to go. There's mm-hmm. no way he survives the weekend. Well, as of today, <laughs> it's 12.32 p.m. on the East Coast. We're, we're still uh, at breakfast time here in Vegas, but Staley's still the coach. And changes are being made. It's just not the ones we maybe were expecting, Mike. Chargers this morning fire offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi and quarterbacks coach and passing game coordinator Shane Day. Those are the two 
first heads at least to roll here, Mike. How do <laughs> how do you uh, react to that? Well, I, I mean, typically um, when you're referencing it that way, it's at the top, right? But uh, uh, no, Lombardi, uh, grandson of Vince, but uh, no, he's fired. Um, and you know, when you look at the situation. Was he holding this offense back? I guess you can make some references to that. They couldn't establish a running game. They also fired the passing game coordinator. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So when you look at that on the surface, though, it's like, okay, what did Justin Herbert regress? What happened? Um, no, he didn't. I mean, he threw for 4,700 yards instead of 5,000 yards. <laughs> uh, but it is indicative of where the league is going, I think, um, in terms of the balance that you need to have. Um, you know, if the Chargers run the football, even attempt to run the football, do they eat time off the clock and stuff like that? And do they help themselves uh, win a game? The complementary nature of, of the game now, uh, you know, are, are they on a disconnect on different pages? There's several reasons why stuff like this happens. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not the, the name, though. It's not the guy who's responsible for everything uh, and Staley. And so you wonder uh, what's going on with that situation. But, uh, yeah, changes are made, You, I think, in the National Football League, everybody's up to be um, replaced or certainly upgraded. Uh, and maybe the Chargers have their eye on somebody that could upgrade this offense and upgrade the situation with Justin Herbert. Sean Payton is the one name that most people would say would upgrade that, but that that's more of a That's a whole head coach thing. Right? Yeah, exactly. High, high right. Got factor in the family. And, right. The ownership I, and all that. The one thing that may that hasn't gone talked about as much because people have assumed, okay, with this epic collapse by the Chargers, third largest comeback in playoff history from the Chargers losing to Jacksonville over the weekend. It would make a lot of sense for Sean Payton, who's in LA right now as a Fox analyst, to come and of all the potential openings, the Chargers would be a team that have the most Super Bowl-ready roster with one of the best young quarterbacks in the game right now in Justin Herbert. It would make a lot of sense, but you think about that organization, Mike. Mm-hmm. They're they're playing in a stadium that they don't even own. It's the Rams <laughs> Stadium at SoFi. Right. It's an owner who has not exactly been uh, the, the most uh, willing to spend over the years in the Spanos family. And the, the cost is going to be a lot. If you were to fire Brandon Staley, he's, he's on a $4 million a year contract. You'd have to pay him, then pay Sean Payton a King's Ransom. Plus, you'd likely give a late first-round draft pick to New Orleans. That's what the Saints are rumored to be asking for as part of that compensation package since Peyton is still under contract there. The point being, there are a lot of different uh, pieces of tape there to cut through if you're the Chargers, and, and you wonder, given the history of that franchise, if that's an actual reality for them. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, was it Jim Trotter? Uh, you got to follow him on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he's kind of in tune with with the Chargers and um really does a great job there you know the the spanos family like you mentioned in the whole situation with that franchise they lose that market in san diego and all that stuff so um yeah you wonder from what they're going to do um is this a scapegoating situation you you never know i mean if there's an upgrade out there for justin herbert i think you have to explore that you know and i think if you feel like you need to run the football better which they do um, in order to help Justin Herbert and help their cause as a, as a franchise and, and trying to win a championship. And if you think that situation is out there, then absolutely. But the, the whole macro aspect of it with um, Sean Payton, yeah, you got to do a lot there. Yeah. And that's something that this franchise doesn't do. <laughs> you know, uh, just from my time in the league and as a card-carrying member of the National Football League, <laughs> it's like, no, they just don't do that kind of thing. But uh, Jim Trotter's been all over this, uh, certainly. I mean, if you really want to deep dive uh, on, on what's going on, uh, I think he can explain it the best. But, um, yeah, you know, Justin Herbert, he's he's going to cost him. Like, if you think about this, Chargers, like getting rid of Staley is cheap compared to what it's going to cost you to keep Justin Herbert, right? Uh, and to me, I think if you have a chance to enhance Justin Herbert, from that level, head coaching on, then you do it. I don't think you waste time by slowly doing it. Like, okay, Corden, on a rookie deal, right? right, right. But that that's going to turn into a fifth year option situation this year, obviously, or or a long term contract. And uh, you know, Kyler Murray kind of did that. Uh, but you got Justin Herbert in that window right now, where it's going to cost them a lot of money, mm-hmm. uh, and rightly so. I mean, the kid is an incredible quarterback, but. If you're going to nickel and dime this with the coaches, then how are you helping Justin Herbert? Unless unless you really feel like as a franchise, there is this unbelievable offensive coordinator out there 
to help this uh, player get to the next level. Right. Herbert comes out yesterday. He, Derwin James, Joey Bosis, they they said their vocal support for their head coach, mm -hmm. Brandon Staley. There's supposed to be a press conference coming up tomorrow with GM Tom Telesco and Staley <laughs> talking about the offseason, what is next yeah. now for the Chargers, but it appears as though for now, at least, Staley is still going to be the head coach. At least on the offensive side, as much as people might say, okay, how, come on, how can you really fire the offensive coordinator when Staley, you're the head coach, you were the one who was in charge of this collapse. It's not like Joe Lombardi covered himself in glory on Saturday night in Jacksonville. When, when you're up 27 nothing, mm -hmm. the offensive scheme in the second half, the way they were, I mean, think about some of the, if you go back and watch the film, Snapping the ball at 22 on the play yeah. clock, 18 on the play clock. Right. You would have thought, Mike, after the Falcons blew a 28-3 lead against the Patriots about five years ago now in the Super Bowl, that game tape would have been seared into the minds of every single offensive mind in the league as the prime example of what not to do when you have a big lead in a playoff game. Mm -hmm. And yet the Chargers basically uh, looked, at, looked at what Dan Quinn and the Falcons did five years ago and said, hold my beer. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, yeah, you, you got to attempt to... Uh, you know, the complimentary nature of winning a football game, right? And, and uh, yeah, you can't run the book football, but still can't stop the clock uh, either. And, and I, I think, or, or manage the clock, you know, deeper on the play clock, like you mentioned, taking eating up seconds. Um, but if, if Justin Herbert hits Keenan Allen, right? Or if the, the kicker makes a field goal. Dicker the kicker. <laughs> you're going to go. <laughs> I just, that name crushes saying, me. It crushes me. It crushes me. Um, but yet yeah, that's his name though. Um, and, and yeah, if he makes a field goal, you know, maybe that comeback doesn't happen. Right. And, and Lombardi holds on another week. Uh, but is the problem with Staley still there? Yeah, it is. Yes. Right. And, and that's, that's the whole issue. It's like, mm -hmm. this is inevitable in terms of when Staley is no longer going to be the head coach. And, uh, it's like they're slow rolling the situation. Uh, with Justin Herbert and that football team right now. It's just amazing. And when you lay it out that way, and you're so right on this, how, Everybody's going to blame the the head coach, and and Brandon Staley deserves the blame. Mm -hmm. Playing Justin Herbert, Mike Williams, all the starters right. week 18, to me was a fireable offense in and of itself. But there are so many different points of a football game, Saturday night in Jacksonville included, that you can point to as like if situation A doesn't happen, if situation right. K doesn't happen, the Chargers probably win the game. And yet at the end of the day, they by a multitude of errors, they mm -hmm. cost themselves in the game. Heads now rolling, and that's just the nature of the NFL. It you were is. part of it for a decade. That's yes, just sir. how it goes. That's how it goes. Uh, let's see if they can upgrade it, though. Let's see if they upgrade it. Yeah. I think we're both surprised, though, that Staley is, is still hey, yeah. with his job. Even all those things we say about the Chargers yeah. organization, still a surprise for <laughs> us today as Joe Lombardi, again, if you're just joining us, he is the first on the chopping block fired as OC of the Chargers. When we return, Will Hill, our do-it-all VEASAN analyst, he joins us. Some early thoughts on NFL Divisional Round. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to The Lombardi Line on VSIN with Ben Wilson and Mike Pritchard. Basketball fans can turn a loss into a win with the king of sportsbooks. Just place a single first basket score prop bet on any NBA game. If your bet loses, you'll receive up to $25 back in free bets. Wager confidently and take your game to the next level with BetMGM, an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Just log into your account or download the BetMGM app and sign up today. Then wager on any player to score the first basket in any NBA game. If your bet misses, you'll get up to $25 back in free bets. Turn game time into showtime with BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as is non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. All right. We turn the page now, Mike, to divisional round. As we get four games starting Saturday, doubleheader Saturday, doubleheader Sunday, and to help us break it all down, some initial thoughts on all the games. Will Hill, our friend at Not the Will Hill on Twitter, do it all VEASAN analyst. Got to say, Will, one of the things I love the most about your Twitter presence, like, so I can't, as a play-by-play guy, I can't really criticize broadcasters. It's, it's one of those code things, like, we're just not allowed to do it. You don't want to be that guy who's ripping your fellow broadcasters. I love that Will, though, pulls no punches on the quality of broadcast throughout the National Football League, so... Well, I always read those, and I, and I I don't interact with them, but just just know, buddy. In my mind, I'm like, thank you, Will. Thank you. Which Will, one are we referring to? I'm not going like no, to okay. make any individual statements. Okay. I'm just going to say all of them. You're usually spot on with your critiques, Will. So thank we you. We got to get Pritch to uh Pritch to, to get Ben to break here and just yeah. sort of uh, open I'm, up the I'm, ball. He might be referring to um. There's been Dungy? a lot this year. Dungy, uh, Al Michaels, maybe. Oof, I know. Like I just. I, look, I know. Uh, I know. Will was upset with that for a number of reasons. J- just like Mike, will uh, you would yeah. have had a nice weekend were it not for the Chargers doing the ultimate charging, right? I got a feeling our buddy Al Michaels had the Chargers on the money line. Too. <laughs> might explain his uh, his lack of enthusiasm for that final play. Man, he was wishing that flag was uh, was against the uh, was against the Jags, and he just kept saying, "There's a flag. There's a flag." It's like Al Jacksonville's running out midfield, jumping all over each other. I think we're. I think. Uh, I think we know who it's against. <laughs> we know <laughs> right. it's against. Anyway, yeah, that wasn't meant to be just like a last weekend thing. Well, I just you know I felt like you were due the uh, you know the compliment for that. Uh, <laughs> as we move on to divisional uh, weekend round now, opening line comes out Dallas San Francisco painted three and a halves across the board. How surprised were you to see that number only three and a half? Yeah, it looked a little light. To me, this is a really good spot for San Francisco. This is a tough spot for Dallas. This is now four road games in a row for Dallas, and they've flown all over the country. You know, Tennessee on a Thursday night to Washington, Tampa last night, and now they're going to fly out to the West Coast, different time zone. So four straight road game, I think that's that's a tough spot. And uh, the rest situation, I mean, that game got over, what, Monday night, 11 o'clock Eastern, and San Fran got done Saturday afternoon. So you get a couple extra days of rest for San Francisco. San Francisco doesn't have to travel. So to me, the situation here favors San Francisco. I didn't lay it yet because, hey, at three and a half, maybe there's just, you know, I I don't think it'll get to three, but even if there's a 10 or 15% chance it gets to three, three is just so much better than three and a half. And, hey, if it goes to four, it goes to four. Um, You know what? It's just, it's, it's, worth it to wait and hope you get a three so directionally here i like san francisco i haven't bet it yet but i'll probably end up with the uh with the 49ers in my account here you know will when you look at this matchup too i mean obviously the rest advantage with the 49ers too and where it could really stand out i think uh will be in the trenches right and 
the Cowboys have been this team in which they've discovered this running game with Pollard, the explosive nature of it anyway. Uh, and they're down to six offensive linemen. Uh, they're going to have to elevate somebody, depending on Peters, Jason Peters. And, uh, and, and those six offensive linemen got a lot of run. I mean, I, I don't know if you're a snap count guy and, uh, okay, do you apply that to the lack of rest? And I'm applying it to lack of preparation uh, because how did the Cowboys evolve from what they did against Tampa uh, and be ready to make a change, make changes and, and certainly adjustments that are necessary against San Francisco? Yeah, and, and that's a great point. And, and you're going to give Shanahan, who's just a great uh, you know, schemer, a couple extra days to sit in his lab and come up with ways to exploit Dallas. So that's, you know, hey, every every hour, every day is uh, is important. So Shanahan gets extra time. Uh, you know, the offensive linemen get get extra time. So uh, to me, it's a great spot here for San Francisco. And just from, not, not from a betting standpoint, but how much fun is this game? I mean, this is, Ben, you're too young for this, but Pritch remembers. <laughs> I mean, this was every year in the 90s. These teams were playing in the division round, the championship game. Uh, growing up watching football, this game was a staple every January. Yeah, I remember when I was like two, Will. That, that, well, I was at least alive for the last couple of those okay. games. Okay, come on. What year was that? 95. I remember that. I was born in 93. I was, you yeah. know, toddler. The, the epic ones were before you were I'm born. aware of that, but I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying. I, you know, I, I have an appreciation for NFL history. Uh, Will Hill, you can follow again at not the Will Hill. A lot of great matchups, though, this week. Want to go to where you're at, Will, in New York. Giants now take on the Eagles. Eagles looked a little shaky down the stretch. Giants, we just watched them. I have the greatest performance of Daniel Jones's career in a postseason game. First quarterback ever to, to like, throw for 300 yards, two-plus touchdown passes, and run for 75 yards in, uh, in Giants uh, postseason history and in, in the playoffs in general. How much of a believer are you in what the Giants are putting out in the field right now as a seven-and-a-half-point dog this week? I think we see this every year where a team looks really good in the wild card round and the team off the bye obviously doesn't play so we don't see them and recency bias takes over and people fall in love with the team they just saw win the team they just saw cover i'd be i'd be careful here about the giants i think philly is going to use this week or two to get healthy to get rested i would lean towards philly with the points uh I, i'm going to be like everybody else here i'm going to tease the eagles and the chiefs here if, if one of them loses and i and it beats me it beats me but direction here I, I would lay probably the points if i had to with philly i just think uh the giants will struggle offensive line i think neil is a guy who can be exploited and to me i think people are just falling a little too in love with the giants who just beat up on a, a really bad minnesota defense so Philly did not look great the last month. The Giants are playing their best football, so I can understand people making the case for the Giants plus the points. But to me, this bye week is going to do wonders for Philly. I think they'll come in rested, and uh, I think we'll see more of a matchup. These teams played about two months ago, and Philly absolutely buried them uh, in New York. Uh, I know the Giants have played well since then, but I would lean towards the Eagles here. And like I said, me me and the rest of the world is going to be on an Eagles-Chiefs teaser this Saturday. Yeah, going to be a popular yeah. teaser. Oh, right yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, you know, Will, it's interesting because – the playoffs always present so many different opportunities and as a well-rounded better as yourself. I mean, it's like using information or are you chasing numbers? I mean, where are you in terms of a philosophy or strategy that you implement uh, during playoff season right now? Yeah, I think some of the best bets are just early in the week. I think by the time you get to kickoff, a lot of these numbers have uh, you know matured. The markets have matured. I mean, look at Cincy Baltimore last week. There was plenty of opportunity. I think you could have laid six, six and a half, and you know seven. Obviously, it lands on, and, and then it was eight and a half, nine. So that's one where hey, you should have won it either way. You should have laid six and a half at worst, push with the seven with Cincy, or you should have won with the Ravens. I saw there was a big bet. Somebody took plus six and a half on the Ravens oh. for like six figures. I'm like, man, what are you doing? Yeah. You could have had eight and a half. Not only could you have pushed, you could have won, you should have won. So uh, I think sometimes the best bets are, uh, you know, just just being able to anticipate where the market's going to go. Yeah, that line yeah. peaked at 10 yeah. very briefly, there was, but there was about a 24-hour yep. window. You could have had uh, Ravens plus nine mm -hmm. and a half if, if you did like the dog price there. Uh, Will, with that in mind, Bengals bills this week, line opens four, quickly bet up to five though in the market. What do you make of the early move here? Yeah, it's interesting. Both these teams sort of survive in advance last week. Neither team has looked great. Cincy, I think we're seeing it's not the same team that made the Super Bowl last year. I think they really miss a woozy at corner. The kicker hasn't been reliable. Remember, he was really the hero. Everyone made it out to be Burrow, and Burrow's awesome. But it was really the kicker who, who carried them throughout the playoffs last year, the kicker and the defense. You know, they don't run the ball as well. I, I, they're not great at corner. Their offensive line is a mess, especially on the right side. 
So I don't love what I'm seeing from Cincy now, but Buffalo hasn't looked great either. I think the turnovers are an issue. So uh, to me, I would lean towards taking the points. I just don't think there's five points that separate either one of these teams. I think both these teams, like I said, kind of limping in here. It's not that Buffalo team we saw the first month where everyone just said, boy, this is a, a great team, a historically great team. They're still really good, but uh, they could have easily lost to Skylar Thompson and the Dolphins the other day, even though uh, they did outgain them. So uh, would lean towards taking the five. I, I just don't think these teams are five points apart. I know you're really excited for this breakdown. We'll start at next hour. Bengals, Bills. Oh, Pritch, yeah. You, yeah, you, 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 and you've been a, Pritch has been a Bengal guy yeah. since, I meant, well, I remember like week six last year, Pritch, that Pritch called a shot on the Bengals, and uh, you've, you've backed them, but it's, it's really interesting to watch how the market has changed. Right, and, and I agree week. with what Will just said, though. I mean, yeah. like the five, this five-point uh, separate these two teams right now, the way that they're playing. Uh, totally so, fair. Yeah, absolutely. Totally fair point right there. Uh, as far as the last game, Will, final thoughts on uh, Jaguars-Chiefs before we get let you get out of here. Right now, market uh, consensus at eight and a half here. What do you think? Yeah, like I said, I'm teasing the Chiefs. I would look towards the Chiefs in terms of a team total over. Maybe the game over, we've seen it tick up a little bit. Jags are not good against the pass. Herbert and those slow receivers, that you know conservative passing attack didn't really expose them. Uh, you're going to go into Arrowhead. That's a different story. I think the Chiefs will get into the 30s. Jags are an over team now because they can't stop the pass and they throw it pretty well. So I'm sure the Jags will get their points. I look for like, a, you know, 34-24 type of Chiefs win. So I like the over this game and I like the Chiefs on a teaser. Been bet up early already from 52 mm -hmm. to 53. Interesting to see where that number continues to go. He is Will Hill. Give him a follow at not the Will Hill. Always kind of join us here on a Tuesday on the Lombardi line. Will, always a pleasure, man. Keep, keep up the great announcing tweets, all right? Just know, all even right, if I'm not interacting. I'm seeing him, okay? Thanks for having me, guys. See you. All right, well. <laughs> I, we'll probably be texting privately about Do you that. need a um, burner account so you can reply? I, uh, you know what? My One of my mentors, Ian Eagle, he has a... So Ian Eagle's famously not on social media, the CBS announcer. He does have a burner account. Though. Okay. Maybe I need to get one of those. Yes, I don't you have do. one. Is everybody supposed to know about his burner? I, I don't know about that. I think he, he does. Okay. Hour number two starts next here on the Lombardi Line. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.